0: Do you want to get compliments from your husband? Do you want to hear him tell you that you look beautiful and fantastic? Well, keep listening because today I'm going to be sharing with you how to get those compliments in an easy way. Hey, lovely. Welcome to the Radiant Woman Podcast. Are you tired of walking into your closet and feeling like you have nothing to wear? Do you feel frustrated when you look in the mirror and feel frumpy and icky in your clothes? Do you want to build a wardrobe that is authentic, timeless, and easy in a way that honors God and His plan for beauty and femininity? Hey there, I'm Stacy. I'm a crazy busy homeschooling mom of six. I used to look in the mirror, frustrated and uncomfortable in my clothes, and wish that I could just feel and look good and maybe get a compliment from my husband. I wanted to have fewer clothes that I really loved, discover my personal style to feel joyful and creative, and appreciate my body at every size and stage. But I was terrified what people would think if I dressed for myself and let go of trends and expectations. Then I discovered how to have confidence in the way God created me and His plan for beauty. In this podcast, you'll find style tips from color to body type, the magic of having less with a capsule wardrobe, and biblical mindset tips so you can bring your inner beauty to the outside. So put in your favorite earrings, fix your hair, and let's dig in. Do you want to explore style, color, and clothing in a safe, supporting environment? Come join the Facebook group at ChristianStyleCommunity.com. We have daily tactical outfit challenges, discussion prompts to learn and grow in your style, in an inspiring community to love and embrace and encourage you to become a beautiful woman of God. Hey, sister, I'm so excited today. Happy Valentine's Day. Now, I know that Valentine's can be a silly holiday, and sometimes when you're married, it gets ignored. And that's okay, right? Because the beautiful thing is, when you're married, you kind of get to make every day be Valentine's Day if you want or maybe not. It's up to you. But today I'm going to be talking about how to get amazing compliments from your husband. And I'm going to call them Song of Solomon compliments, which I'll share why here in a few minutes. Before we get too far into this, I do want to note that I am going to be talking about sex in the context of biblical marriage later in this episode. So if you have little ears around, uh, pop in those headphones or maybe listen to it when they're not around. So I just wanted you to know nothing explicit is going on here, but I am going to be talking about, you know, adult, married, enjoyable sex. So you might want to just be on guard. (laughs) First of all, I just want to note that I am not a marriage therapist or a relationship counselor, so the stuff I'm sharing today is really just personal experience and how things have been in my own marriage. Um, a little backstory, I've been married for a little over 10 years now. I have six kids. My oldest is nine, so my last 10 years of marriage have been filled with having kids, which, as you know, if you're a mom, like it, it just changes you, you know? All the hormones and different things that affects your body, it affects your hormones, it affects your personality. You know, being a mom changes you and you as a mom may be very different from the person that your husband met and married. Um, and I will say that my own marriage has had some really, really hard times over the past 10 years. And I I think that's just what marriage is like, you know, it's, it's God's process of sanctifying us and like the true fire (laughs) of sanctification, learning to live and um, grow in God with another person. It's really hard Um, but you know, at the heart of it, your husband is the person that you chose, you know, that you married before you were a mom, before you started, you know, getting older and changing as it may be. Um, and you know, it's the one person who is allowed to just pour compliments on you. (laughs) Um, and I think that as women, we do want to hear people. Tell us that we look beautiful, that we look put together, um, but especially we want to hear the man that we chose tell us that we look beautiful or we look stunning. Um, and just find us attractive. Even as we change and things move down south gravity-wise, you know, we still want him to think that we're attractive. Before we dig into the meat of this, I just have a couple little disclaimers here. First of all, you know, today's podcast is for married Christian women. So my advice is going to be coming from the Bible and from my own experience implementing some of these things. Um, Some of them may not feel good at first, but just hang with me. Keep listening. I've got nothing but encouragement for you today, sister. Nothing but encouragement. God's encouragement for your marriage. Um, And also, I want to say that a lot of times as women, when people give us a compliment, we tend to deflect um, and say, oh, but all right, we start arguing or we, we try to play it down or, you know, hey, your dress is great. Thanks. It has pockets or thanks. It was only $10, right? I want you to stop doing that okay? Especially when it comes to your husband giving you a compliment. If your husband gives you a compliment, you just smile and you say thanks, okay? Smile and say thanks. Don't say anything else. Don't tell him how much it cost. Don't tell him it has pockets. Don't tell him it's made out of velvet or whatever else, right? Just be like, thank you and smile with joy. Enjoy feeling complimented, okay? Enjoy the moment. Don't deflect, don't make it awkward. Just lean in, smile and say thanks. And I guarantee you what happens next is going to be even better than the compliment. All right, girl, let's dig in. All right. So the Bible has a lot of things to say about marriage. Some of them are hard things. Um, some of them are very strong worded things about marriage and how we're supposed to approach it. But today I want to direct you to the book Song of Solomon in the Old Testament. And this is one of those poetry books, a lovely book, but this is an entire book of the Bible all about sex. Yep, girl, we're talking about that a little bit today, too. All right. I know you want compliments, but we can't really talk about compliments with your husband unless we talk a little bit about sex, because, you know, that's one of the beauties and the joys of Christian marriage is this. We have this covenant relationship. We have this bond. We have this very special thing that God created for us to experience with our spouse so I just want to direct you to a few things in Song of Solomon, a few things that he says about her. You know, this book goes back and forth and they're, they're complimenting each other and they're enjoying each other. And some of the compliments seem really unusual when he's comparing her teeth to um, to animals and like her breast to different things, you know, and it's just, you know, those aren't the compliments that we probably want to receive. However, he uses the word beautiful so many times in this passage. And I know that to hear we're beautiful is a compliment that we often want to hear. Okay, so I just want to talk about a few. In one um, eight, he says how beautiful he calls her most beautiful among women. In one fifteen, how beautiful you are. Again in four one, how beautiful you are, my darling, because we all like terms of endearment too, right? And then again. Um, four, seven, you were altogether beautiful, my darling. So over and over again, just you're beautiful. So beautiful, how beautiful you are, right? So much adoration there. And, and I want you to experience that. And I know you want to experience it too. So just keep, let's keep going. All right. So more in Song of Solomon, here's another one that doesn't say anything about beauty. You have made my heart beat faster with a single glance of your eyes. And I bet that when you were dating, you could do this so easy you know, and we lose that, right? We have so many responsibilities and so many things we have to do, but I bet you anything that you can still do this. So I'm going to encourage you to give it a try. <laughs> in 610, he says, she's as beautiful as the full moon, as pure as the sun. So now he's comparing her to these these celestial things that God created, you know, and everything God created is good, right? He called it all good. And he's comparing her to these good, wonderful things that God created in her beauty. And then in 7-6 again, how beautiful and delightful you are, my love, with all your charms. Here's the good part. You have so many charms as a wife, as a woman. Um, God gave these to you to to use and enjoy. And so as I get here into these three different pieces of advice, um, I want you to just open up, like let the Holy Spirit open your heart to these things. Because some of them may seem hard, and sometimes they may feel countercultural, but the truth is that we are called to be countercultural, we're called to be set apart, and our marriage is one of those areas where we should definitely go against what we read and what we see and what's expected, because this is a private relationship between you and your husband, you know, it can be without all these constraints and all these different things that we're supposed to do. Um, let God show you the woman that he created you to be in this area too. All right. So tip number one, let your husband be your hero. I'm going to go right to the meat. All right. We're starting with the hard thing here. Um, you know, God created him to be your provider and protector, all right? In Ephesians five twenty-two through 24 it says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Now, I know we live in a feminist culture. And I know that everything out there is screaming at you not to be subject to anybody, but God did design a marriage relationship in this way. He did design us to be under our husbands, And this doesn't mean that you need to be ruled in a a hard way. That's not what I'm telling you here. And I don't even want to go into all this because like I said, I'm not a marriage therapist or anything else. But what I do want you to focus on, respect his intelligence, okay? God gave you this husband, you chose this man, respect that he's an intelligent human being, respect that he can make good decisions, respect that he is good at solving problems, good at being your hero, right? So one day, not long ago, um, one of my precious children threw a stuffed animal at the ceiling and it hit one of our light fixtures. I don't know what happened. Maybe it was loose, but it literally came out of the wall. And my husband is at work. And so I'm texting him. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I have this major electrical issue. What am I supposed to do, right? Go to your husband. Let him be your hero. Rely on him to solve problems. That's what he's there for, okay? If he begins to see you as somebody who believes in him and trusts in him, those compliments are going to start flowing more easily because he knows that you are there for him in the way that you understand that he has so much to offer to you. And he's going to offer it right back to you. So we're letting him be our hero. And there's actually three sub tasks to this be the hero thing. Okay. So the next one is that I want you to ask him for advice, not about everything. Okay. I understand that some things you've got it right. Like you've got it under control. It's yours to handle. But the big things, right, the big decisions, ask your husband for advice. And I just want to point something out, and this is one of these kind of deep, theological, dirty conversations, but in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve eat the fruit, I want to remind you that it's not the man that the serpent targeted. It was Eve. He targeted the woman. And can you imagine what might have happened if when he had come to her and said, Eve, do this thing, you want to be like God, if she had stopped and said, "You know what? I'm going to go ask Adam what he thinks i'm going to see I'm gonna see what he thinks about this. How might that story have been different if she had just stopped to ask him for some advice? It's definitely worth thinking about, right? because sometimes we just want to solve our own problems, and this probably goes back to the fact that again, we do live in a very feminist culture. um people are screaming at us too that we don't need a man, we don't need to depend on a man. Um, but again, going back to the fact that your husband is intelligent, you chose him for a lot of reasons. Ask him for advice. Ask him what he thinks. Sometimes he's going to be like, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. It's going to be validated. And there's another compliment for you right there. It may not be that you're beautiful, but it's a compliment nonetheless that you're capable. But sometimes he's going to be like, you know what? I don't think that's a good idea. And it may be that it's not the right time or it's not the right season, but check with him, you know, don't get so caught up in what you're driving towards that you forget to ask your intelligent husband for his opinion and his advice. And then finally here, when it comes to letting your husband be your, your hero, I want you to thank him for providing. God has strong things to say about this in First Timothy 5.8. It says, but if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, again, I'm not a therapist or a counselor of any kind. So if your husband is not the provider, this section probably isn't for you because there's stuff there that I am not equipped or empowered to address. Um, But your husband is working outside the home. And our second big tactical thing is going to be coming under this heading as well. But I have heard my husband say so many times um, that it is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice for him to leave his family. It's a sacrifice for him to be away when he wants to be here. It's something that he does because it's commanded, right? It's what he's supposed to do as the provider. It's what he's supposed to do to take care of his family. Um, and we take this for granted, and I took it for granted for many, many years, Um, and I used to say things like, well, I worked 40 hours a week for a decade before we got married. You know, um, I worked too. It's not that big of a deal. Everybody works, but I want you to stop for just a second and think about your husband's perspective, Um, and this is even more so if you stay at home, because you get to be at home and you get to be if you have children you get to be with your children and that's a luxury in our day in our economy and our culture these days it really is things are so expensive especially right now um that it's such a wonderful blessing to be able to stay home and it's because a sacrifice that your husband makes um so thank him just say thank you sometimes to get compliments we have to give compliments and sometimes to get compliments we have to be in the right state of mind and we have to love on our husbands to get that same love back and love for them is different you know there's a book love and respect it talks about like how we feed their thing but the things that i'm talking about here they are respect really they're respecting his intelligence right asking him for advice again another way of just respecting his leadership and his intelligence and knowing, you know, knowing that he's the one that's going to have to answer to God for some of the decisions that happen in our lives. Many of the decisions that happen in our marriage and family and just respecting that that's the way it is and that he has good thoughts and good perspectives. And then finally, just thank him for providing, right? Cause it is a sacrifice he makes. Um, and so I want to talk about this next section. Um, the second thing you can do to kind of get these compliments from your husband is to create a calm environment in your home. Okay. So let's go to Proverbs 31. Um, I have this just fascination with this book, just utter, like this woman is incredible, right? Like I think that we can often get caught up and trapped in thinking that she's unattainable. Um, and, I, and I think that maybe that is the point, you know, is that it's just, you know, becoming more like this over time, not all in one day, but there are a couple parts in Proverbs 31 where it talks about the benefit to the husband because of having a virtuous wife in Proverbs 31, 11 and 12. Uh, the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And then also in verse 23, it talks about her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. So one of the things that we're talking about here in Proverbs 31 is that because of the support of the wife, the husband is able to be the provider. He is able to be successful because he has a wife who's taking care of a lot of these things. So he's freed up to grow and bound in the areas that God has for him, right? And so these are just the little things, right? Small things. um, And this is and the thing is if your kids are a little bit older you can talk to them and they will help you here trust me i know this okay so number 1 just your kids behaving all right so i know that discipline is another conversation i will not ever talk to you about parental discipline ever like ever okay but um just do your part to uh make sure that your kids understand that when dad gets home right if you have kids anyways when dad gets home let's create a calm environment for dad right let's let's be on our best behavior. Let's be kind and calm. Let's, um, you know, make sure that they get a lot of that energy out maybe right before he gets home, but just try to encourage your kids to be on their best behavior. Um, I know it's hard. I know you're exhausted. I know you've been parenting for 5,000 hours solo while he's at work and you're just ready to like run in the bedroom and take a hot bath and have nobody touch you. Like I so, so get it. But Just talk to your kids, right? They they want to help. They want to um they they want to do the best they can. Talk to them and just ask them, hey, let's be on our best behavior. Dad's coming home. He's had a long day at work, right? Let's just do the best we can to you know give him a nice environment to be in. And then number two here, all right, have some food available. This is so you guys don't even know how hard this one was for me because my husband comes home at eight o'clock in the morning and. After having babies back to back for the last 10 years, there are many, many mornings where the idea of getting up extra early to cook some breakfast first thing is not okay with me. And if you're postpartum, ignore what I'm saying right now. Okay. You get the right for three months to be in postpartum land. So know that there are seasons where these things aren't so like important. But at the same time, I ask my husband one time I was like, what, what are the things that you really need to make you happy? He was like, feed me. And well, I'm I'm sure you can fill in the gap on the rest, right? (laughs) Which we're going to talk about in the third section. But anyways, that was one of the things that he really wanted, you know. we've talked about this, like he's been out of the home. He's been gone all day. Like he wants to come home to a calm environment. And part of that is like being fed good food that he likes. Okay. If your husband doesn't like rosemary, stop cooking with rosemary. It's my husband. He hates rosemary. I love it. I've just learned to adapt, right? Don't make things your husband hates, like save those for the weekend when he's rested. Um, Just just put in a little effort here, right? Feed the man. It's it's a simple thing. And this is very 50s archaic housewife. And I know that some of you are going to be like, nope, not listening. Don't want to hear this. But you can do this. Okay. And he's going to come home and it may not be you're beautiful. Okay. He may not be telling you you're as beautiful as the moon. Right. But he's going to thank you probably for taking care of this because you are the only one that God gave him to meet these needs. Okay. He can't go get them elsewhere. I mean, he can go to drive-thru, right? But drive thrus not good for his health. You know that. And as we get older, it's especially bad. All right. So support him, right? Make the food available. And number three, create an inviting home. Okay. Um, again, this one is one of those areas where God is definitely talking to me and convicting me because I am great at style and color and all these things, but I am not the best keeper of the home. Sometimes Um, I struggle in some different areas here. Um, I struggle with things piling up with clutter. I have a lot of kids. They have a lot of toys, lots of things. But one of the things that we've done in my home is I make sure, again, I mentioned to you guys that my husband husband comes home at eight o'clock in the morning. So our schedule is a little bit different, but before we go to bed every night, I make my kids, all my kids work together and we pick up the house. So that at least before we go to bed, it's reasonably picked up. He's not walking into a mess. Um, I definitely, we, we go to the front door and we look and we say, okay, what can we pick up right now? So when dad walks in the door in the morning, this place doesn't look crazy and overwhelming, you know, and we, we do it together as, you know, mom and kids, we go to this thing. We know it makes my husband happy, just like it's going to make your husband happy to walk in and have his home be inviting um, wherever he sits, you know, clean up the area around where he sits, his table that he uses or anything like that just take the extra time and make your home inviting. So so we've talked about letting your husband be your hero. We've talked about creating a calm environment. And now I'm going to get into uh, the Song of Solomon stuff. All right. So my last big piece of advice here is has nothing to do with what you're wearing or how you fix your hair or the makeup you wear or anything else. Okay. Okay. Prepare yourself. This is going to be a big one. I want you to get into the habit privately, okay, privately of walking around naked. I said it. I want you to get in the habit of walking around naked in front of your husband. And first Corinthians seven, four says the husband the wife, excuse me, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Okay. Disclaimer not even going to talk about abuse of this power. Okay. That's not what we're talking about. I'm assuming and giving this advice that you have a loving relationship with your husband. Maybe it's complicated sometimes, but he loves you. You love him. Nobody's being mistreated here. Okay. Nobody's being forced to do anything against their will. We just have a mutually satisfying relationship. And I told you to walk around naked. And the reason I gave you this advice is because I asked my husband, actually, I'm like, what's one thing that I do that always makes you want to give me compliments? And y'all, this was his answer. So again, I asked my husband for advice, step one, and this is what he said. Um, And I, I sat for that minute and I thought, huh, okay, I guess so, yeah. And then I thought about how complicated this can feel, right? So our bodies change. It is what it is. And this is something that we talk about when I talk to people about style and fashion and wardrobe um, and how to just embrace these changes and learn to love the body that you have, you know, and just embrace the process of aging. But I know that after we have kids and as our body starts to change and gravity takes over and hormones change, like our bodies change, like they're going to be constantly changing. And the reality is they're going to be Really, to choose kind of a bad word, they're going to be disintegrating from now until the day we die, because that is the reality of the world we live in, the creation, the broken creation, the fall. Like this is part of our sinful, you know, world that we live in is that our bodies continually disintegrate. And that is going to manifest itself on our bodies. And so I think as women, a lot of times we feel like if we cover it up, it's not going to be noticeable. But I want to encourage you that your husband doesn't see things the way that you see things, right? all he sees is that his wife is, oh my goodness, she's walking around naked. This is so exciting for me. Right. And he's going to give you a compliment. He's like, you look great. That looks great. You look beautiful. I like X, Y, Z, right? Some of these song of Solomon compliments that we see, um, as he's enjoying her physical body and he's enjoying her nakedness and their sensuality. Um, and there's another thing here I want to touch on too. I know that sometimes We don't want to encourage our husband's amorous pursuits of us for whatever reasons, but I want you to really, really lean into God and listen to what he says about this. Okay. The reality is the Bible does tell us that we are supposed to be responsible in meeting these needs for our spouse. All right. I know that there are situations that make this difficult. The Bible talks about, you know, um, stop depriving one another except by agreement. We're still in First Corinthians seven, except by agreement for a time. Okay. So, you know, it's one thing to agree upon, you know, taking a break because somebody's sick or there's a postpartum thing going on or, you know, different reasons, right? Different reasons dictate that we could do this. But the reality is is that we should be regularly having intimate relations with our husband. And so you may be thinking, well if I walk around naked, he's gonna think I want it right then. But that's not necessarily the case. This is one where you probably should have open communication about, you know, schedules and timing and things like that. But don't close off the possibility just because you are worried about your body or worried about the schedule or worried about time, right? Because walking around naked in the morning could just be a prelude to something that happens 2 days from now, right? But it tells your husband like I'm here. I am the wife you married. I, you know, respect that this is an important part of our relationship and I am willing to be bare and honest and authentic and completely real with you, even though I may hate my cellulite or I hate my flabby arms or whatever other thing that you're hung up on, right? Just try this. Um, Maybe do it in your bedroom so you don't traumatize your kids, (laughs) you know, keep it private. But, um, But also there's, you know, something to be said for illustrating to our kids a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage on God's terms. So, woo, this got really long. This is the longest podcast I've recorded so far. It does seem a little bit like a sermon. But hey, if you want to get biblical compliments from your husband, you might have to act like a biblical wife. And that's just the reality of how it is and, and how God made us. And, you know, God formed us, formed the wife from Adam's rib. Like we are... Under his arm, we are under his protection as he is under God's leadership and protection. And so, a lot of the ways that we can get these compliments is to be the wife that God intended. And so, just a quick recap you know, number one, let your husband be your hero, respect his intelligence, ask him for advice, give him thanks for providing what he does for you. All right, number two, create a calm environment. All right, tell your kids to be on their best behavior, make sure there's some food, good food, and create an inviting home atmosphere for your husband. And then, number three, Walk around naked and inspire that deeply satisfying sexual relationship that God gave just the two of you. He can't get that elsewhere, okay? He's not supposed to get that elsewhere. Um, He's supposed to get that from you. Just be the wife that God wants you to be. Let God work on your heart. Let the Holy Spirit just in to make you into this wife that God wants you to be. God, today I pray for just an abundance of biblical wives, biblical wives who understand the way you created marriage and the beauty that you created within, and just encourage these women to step forward and take one small step to be the kind of wife that your husband wants to tell is beautiful, um, beautiful, my darling, as beautiful as the full moon, beautiful and delightful with a single glance of your eyes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So what I would love for you to do this Valentine's Day is to choose one of these things that you're going to do. Just choose one. Don't try them all, right? You're going to feel super overwhelmed. But Try one. Maybe you're going to ask him for advice. Maybe you're just going to thank him today for all he does for you and your family. Maybe you're going to talk to your kids and be like, if you're not on your best behavior or even bribe them, I guess, be on your best behavior and I'll give you some chocolate. I don't know. Just choose one of these things. Maybe you're going to walk around naked this evening. All right. Choose one of these things. Choose one, see what your husband does, and I can't wait to hear your stories. Hey there, gorgeous. Before you go, if this episode inspired you and helped you to feel more confident, I'd love for you to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. Second, hop on over and join the free Facebook group at ChristianStyleCommunity.com, where you'll find Jesus loving women just like yourself learning about style and building a dream wardrobe. Get dressed, be radiant.